Welcome to Supply Chain Now, the voice of global supply chain. Supply Chain Now focuses on the best in the business for our worldwide audience, the people, the technologies, the best practices, and today's critical issues, the challenges and opportunities. Stay tuned to hear from those making global business happen right here on Supply Chain Now. Hey, good morning, everybody. Scott Luton and Allison Giddens here with you on Supply Chain Now. Welcome to today's show. Allison, how are we doing? I'm good. I'm good. How are you? Doing wonderful. I've really enjoyed some of these episodes we've done together. You keep bringing these, these Hollywood stars to supply chain now. I and we got another one today. Autograph, if you ask. <laughs> Seriously, an industry autograph book is what we need. And today's going to continue that trend as we're going to be diving into the story of a manufacturing industry leader doing big things in the industry that's based right here in Georgia. One heck of a, a guest lined up, right? Yes, I'm excited. I'm really pumped. We are too. So, with that said, hey, we don't waste any time around here. Let's dive right in. I want to welcome in our featured guest. Holly Gottfredson, president and owner of both American Metal Craft Inc. and Finishing Dynamics LLC. Holly, how you doing? I'm doing great. Great to be here. Thanks so much for having me today. You bet. Well, great to have you back. As we were talking pre-show, of course, Allison is, is one of our favorite repeat guests. She's been on a bunch of shows. She, Allison, you're shooting up the charts in terms of occurrences. I'm right, right in between a Michael Jackson and Madonna, right? Is that- <laughs> so, yeah, something like that. Yes, I like that. Proud Gen X reference there, but yes. Holly, uh, you're you know you're also a repeat guest, and we were talking pre-show. We think that you appeared somewhere in on the front, around the 54th or 55th episode, and it's really cool to reconnect with you and share every all the good stuff that's happened since then. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it was it was really fun doing that initial podcast when Supply Chain Now was just getting started and. You've done a great job um, growing its presence. I mean, I see all your posts everywhere and you produce such wonderful podcasts. So I'm, I'm really excited to be a part of this today. I appreciate that. We get $7 per post. So I stay, I'm, I'm kept, of course I'm kidding. Uh, I stay on social media, <laughs> cranking them out, right? No, I'm kidding. It is fueled by passion and, and, and really having the chance to sit down and rub elbows and learn from, from leaders like both of y'all here. That's the secret sauce. It's the best part of the journey. And we get a chance to do that again over the next hour. So Holly, I appreciate that. Appreciate your time. And of course, Allison. So let's see here. Allison, we're going to start with one of our favorite and most traditional questions because it's like a, such a level setting question. So Holly, tell us where are you from? Where'd you grow up? And you got to give us some of the anecdotes of your upbringing. Absolutely. Well, y'all might have already noticed that I talk kind of slow, so Guess where I'm from? I'm from South Alabama. Um, I actually grew up on the outskirts of Birmingham okay. in kind of a rural area. And, you know, I grew up in the early 70s. So kids were still playing outside until nine o'clock at night. Wiffle ball was the favorite sport of the time. I remember getting the first Atari and my favorite game was Pitfall. I don't know if you guys remember Pitfall. Yes. But I can still hear the music in my head when I think about it. <laughs> Dungeons and Dragons, I love that. I was kind of a nerd growing up and really got into that. And Battlestar Galactica and Buck Rogers in the 21st century. Man. When I wasn't outside Man. riding bikes, I was inside watching sci-fi and James Bond eventually with my dad. So the 70s were pretty cool. Fellow Gen Xers. 
preaching. Yes. Love, yes. love that whole time. So I'm, we, I'm having some cultural flashbacks here, <laughs> uh, cultural flashbacks, but Holly, yeah. so you surprised me. I thought you were going to say you grew up in Georgia, but it was Alabama and you said it was just outside of, of Birmingham. Is that right? Yep. In a little uh, area called Cobb Heights. And of course I've got extended family in Mobile and uh, a little bitty town called McIntosh, which is about 20 miles outside of Mobile. So we'd have, head south pretty regularly to see all my extended family. Very cool. You know, Birmingham, yeah. obviously you've been there, Holly. I bet you've been there, Allison. It really is a cool city to do business in. And it's, and from what I can tell, it seems like in recent years, it's been very vibrant and it's growing and it does business, you know, not in an old fanish way, uh, old fashioned way. There's a lot of technology and, and uh, some forward looking leadership that make up the city of Birmingham. So I love that Holly. See, so learn something new every day. One more question about sure. Alabama, Allison, yeah. you know, we're obligated to ask this because anytime yeah, right. Alabama comes up, we got to talk about barbecue. It's, oh, it's yeah. a rule, a regulation. So what was so growing up for you? What what did that mean in Alabama? What what was your paying us a plate of barbecue? Hmm, I feel like there was a restaurant. I think it was the Golden Rule Barbecue. Okay, sounds good. It's been it's been a while, but there were quite a few uh, places to choose from. Yeah. There was a catfish place in South Alabama that <laughs> oh my gosh, they give you enough for five people. And I mean, if you leave that place hungry, it's your own dang fault. You know, there's some good eating in Alabama. Let yes, me, there let is. Let me just tell you. <laughs> thank you for making us hungry. Fried yeah. catfish. I'm sold. Yeah, thank sold you. I, there. I had a Caesar salad for lunch. I appreciate <laughs> <Yeah>. it. <laughs> All right. So, Allison, one before I toss over to you, one more question about your upbringing. We want to learn from you and kind of hear your perspective. And we all have those really significant individuals and figures that that play out influential role early in our journey, right? Whether they right. impacted any of your decisions or what you're doing now, or, or just who you are as a person, who would that be for you, Holly? So I have two people that come to mind immediately. And the first is my dad. He grew up in, you know, South Alabama as well, and uh, went to UAB and graduated with a business degree. One of the first of his family to attend college. And he he was really influential in the sense that, you know, he took me on business trips with him. You know, he was, he was in pharmaceutical sales. So when he had a day trip close to home, he would take me and we would call on, you know, different pharmacies and different doctor's offices. And something that I noticed about him was that, you know, he, he knew these people and he wanted to formulate a relationship with them. He wasn't in there trying to really sell them a product. And over and over, I would see the same people. And he had such a, a nurturing, good relationship with these people. Um, he's just a kind, very gentle man. And I just, you know, that really shaped who I became, um, treating, trying to treat everyone that I meet with, with kindness and looking for that long-term relationship. Mm. Um, and the other person that I would say that really had a great influence on me was my great aunt May, bless her soul. She lived until she was 97 years old Wow! and she was a young woman in the twenties and thirties. And something that was, I really thought was great about her was she kind of um, bucked the norm. She didn't get married at a young age. 
she waited until almost 30, which at that time was, oh my goodness, you know, you're an old maid by then. <laughs> and she, she worked and she was in real estate and she kind of made her own way. And when she got married and she and her husband went into business for themselves together in mm. real estate. And so she was always just someone that I could go to and talk to as a, as a mentor, as I was kind of growing up especially when I went to college and was trying to adult for the first time and, and find my way. Um, I could always count on her to be brutally honest, to give me really good, solid advice. Mm. And, you know, she kind of, she was, I admired her because she was a go-getter, you know, she, she got out there and did what she wanted to do. Um, despite cultural norms of the time and what was expected of her and really kind of paved the way for, I think the next generation of, of women in all kinds of different fields. Wow. I'd love to. So 97 years old, she lived a full life, a, a life of impact. Sounds like to me, I mean, I feel like just in the last couple of minutes, I've got to, to, to know Aunt May and yeah. <laughs> I, I, I see exactly I feel a little bit of why we love people like that. So we're gonna have to connect after the episode. I'd love to learn more. We, we do a business history podcast around here and we kind of lift up figures that never that had big impact, but never got the recognition they deserved. And Aunt May seems like she's one of those uh, special folks. So we'll, we'll connect after uh, today's show. Allison. Sounds great. Man, yes. with that opening, there's so no. much more that we want to learn from Holly. Uh, what, what's your thought on Aunt May there, Allison? Man, I wish I knew Aunt May. I, right. I feel like I, yeah, I've got, I've got a few women relatives that in the same boat kind of bucked the trend and did things that weren't, weren't necessarily the norm. And, uh, I think it, they're not truly appreciated, I think until the next generation, or at least right. that's really what, what I've come to, to experience. But. Yeah. Agreed. I, I gotta, I gotta add one. So my grandmom who's still with us, I want to say she's 94. Uh, she is a fighter. Her name is Hazel Rutland and she was very special on my end. Kind of, in a, in a similar vein as your aunt may, but in particular, she was always that rebel. Some of my favorite moments as a kid was doing people watching with my grandma, uh, cause she had this innate sense of humor and some of it should have maybe stayed in, you know, but it, we just had the best time <laughs> laughing. Humor and should company. never stay in. <laughs> right, it's true, Allison. All right. So, so where are we going next with our dear friend, Holly, Allison? So Holly, I am curious because I, I do know a little bit about your educational background, which I find fascinating. And so feel feel free to, to walk us through that, but to also tell us a little bit about prior to what you're doing now with American Metalcraft and Finishing Dynamics, what, what's a role or two that significantly shaped your worldview? Mm. Sure. Well, I lived in the art world for quite a bit of time. I graduated from the University of Georgia with an art history degree, you know, because that's how you get to metal manufacturing, apparently. <laughs> I mean, you know, but it was my, you know, I, I really thought I was going to live in the art world for the rest of my life. I wanted to be a curator. So I started at the High Museum of Art. I took the first job opening that they had, which oddly enough was accounting, but it got my foot in the door. And while I was there, um, I really learned a lot about perspective. And that, you know, when you look at a painting and also in, in studying art history, 
when, when you're looking at a painting, you're using analytical and critical thinking. You're, you're thinking about the time in which this piece was created. You're thinking about the artist's life. And you're also thinking about sometimes the symbolism and the meaning behind the painting. And so as I was at the High Museum and as I was working and, and looking at all these different works of art, I happened to be there when the 96 Olympics um, happened in Atlanta. And we uh, procured this beautiful show that was inspired by the Olympics. It was called the Rings Exhibition. And I mean, you talk about some of the most beautiful and some of the most famous artwork in mm. the world um, was had come in for this exhibition. And walking around and looking at those different works of art, I could just imagine all the different perspectives that people brought, you know, and that's, that's the beauty of, I think, every interaction that we have is, you know, if we're open to learning and sharing our perspective with one another, I mean, what a beautiful thing and, and mm. what a great thing that is because we learn and we grow from one another when, when we create that doorway. And so that definitely had an influence in shaping my worldview. And hey, then, really quick, you know, Holly, before sure. you get to that second one, you painted yeah. such a picture there. And Allison, if you noticed as she was sharing, it was like you could see her reimagining the rings and reimagining those experiences. Did you see that, Allison? <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah. The picture was painted, and I, I'm, I meant to use that pun. <laughs> <laughs> and and it's so true. You know, if if we if we really lean in to uh, other points of view, other perspectives uh, across the spectrum. You know, one of our favorite. I, I beat this like a dead horse, Holly, but it, it's very apropos here. One of my favorite conversations of 2021 is we sat down with a, a supply chain practitioner who got his start studying classical art, right? That's what his degree was in. And of course, supply chain, the industry is using that background because one of the things that we all know we got to do, we got to be creative with how we approach old and new challenges these days. Exactly. So I, I love yeah. that art professionals, art students, majors, you name it are in manufacturing and supply chain. I think it's a beautiful thing. No pun intended. It's it seems too, like it seems a natural progression. You know, if you really think about it, you're like, well, yeah, that makes total sense. Right. Absolutely. Something for everybody for sure. And yeah. we need all, all, if you're left brain, right brain, doesn't matter. Back brain, front brain, we need everyone uh, in global industry. So Holly, thank you for letting us kind of cut in for a second before you shared your second experience here, but please continue. Yeah, absolutely. And and just to add to that, you know, yeah, I completely agree that. And what I found through my journey into uh, metal manufacturing and metal coating is, is you're exactly right. I mean, the artistry of what we do and talking to architects and talking to designers and building things, you know, project delivery on a scale that I never imagined. Those are works of art, if you think about it, as well as environments for the occupants and for the stakeholders that are, you know, part of that project. So right. it's, it's just, I love the whole process and, and the creativity that's involved. We can tell. The second thing that, you know, really stuck with me and kind of shaped my worldview was when I left the High Museum, I went into marketing and advertising for about a decade. I worked in the real estate industry for quite a while. And one of the things that I learned, I'm sure you guys remember in 07 and 08 when the economy crashed mm. and the housing market just was in the pits. And my office was a wonderful office. I had the privilege of working for an incredible agent um, who taught me 
a lot of things about business and about leadership. But one of the things that really stuck with me is that success is possible no matter the circumstances. Mm. What I watched her do when the chips were down was just awe-inspiring, where a lot of people were starting to get out of the real estate industry completely because they were afraid of the future. She dug in harder and pivoted. And so rather than working and looking at residential and commercial real estate, as she had always done, she went and got retrained to be a short sale foreclosure and relocation specialist. Wow. So she continued her success despite the economy being in the toilet, as it were. And to me, that just, I loved the fight in her. Mm. And so, you know, I really loved, um, I loved kind of looking at how she handled that situation. So especially in the times that we're living in today, that's always stuck with me that even when things look grim, this is an opportunity for us to pivot and to grow and to learn and to innovate. Mm. Um, and that's definitely something that we're doing at both American Metalcraft and Finishing Dynamics. So it's it's been an opportunity for us. Holly, well, very well said. I mean, inspiring what you just shared there. Uh, Allison, your take, and then we'll dive into what they're doing at the, the companies Holly leads. That's really good. I, I love that success. It can happen. That's, you know, in, in today's world of, you know, post pandemic and supply chain woes and all this stuff, it's very easy for especially small businesses to kind of fear the future, uh, fear a lot of the unknown. And so it's nice to have those friendly reminders that there are people out there kicking butt and taking names. So <laughs> fearless, fearless. Very, cool. very cool. You know, we, we can probably all three of us perhaps uh, relate to that, the great recession, which Maybe for some of our youngest listeners right now, uh, it might have been before they uh, held you know real estate or before maybe even they were in the workforce. You know, we we owned our first home at the time, and we had, and and our family was starting to come. So, and we were, gosh, like many Americans and others, we were locked in to a condo in town in Atlanta, and we had very few options. It was a very scary time. Yeah, I'm not even going to share fig, facts and figures because it's scary enough just just thinking back through it. But as things do, you know, you persevere, you honor your commitments, you know, as, as appealing, I'll be honest, as appealing. And if y'all remember the headlines back then, strategic, what they call it, strategic walkaways or something like that. That was yes. a thing, right? Because folks mm -hmm. couldn't, they couldn't pay, but you persevere. And then thankfully uh, the real estate markets turned around and, and then to now see what's going on in Atlanta, it's really remarkable uh, how things have, have turned that, this far, but I digress. I know Alice and I both want to learn more about your two companies, both American Metalcraft and Finishing Dynamics. So tell us more about what those companies do. Sure. So American Metalcraft was started by my father-in-law in 1986. Um, it started as a, just a small metal fabrication shop off Howell Mill Road. He's a structural engineer and he had left a company and decided to go out on his own and, and start his next adventure, if you will. And so, you know, he was producing wall panel systems on a small scale and his presence really started to grow. He started to create a, a national name for American Metalcraft and the products that we offered started to grow as well. 36 years later, 
here we are, we're still a leader in architectural metal manufacturing and he took it to the next level. And so I have big shoes to fill as a second generation owner, as you can imagine. In 2004, he saw a niche, especially in the Southeast for coatings. And there was a company in town that had pulled up stakes and left to go North. So there was a space for that that business and, 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 you know, for the coatings for metal products. And so he thought, you know, let's do something with this. So he started finishing dynamics, a second company in Villarica, Georgia. Okay. So and, and again, really quick from a, sure. from a geographical standpoint, which Alice and I, you, we both showed our non-prowess the other day, but Villa, uh, Villarica is on the, it's really outside the Metro Atlanta area, kind of in the West, uh, West Georgia. Yep. Is that accurate? That's right. Yeah. We're about an hour outside the city, West Georgia. Yeah. And kind of out the I-20 corridor on the West side. Is that right? Yep. That's right. Okay. All yeah, right. You Wonderful. Got it. Yeah. So we had both of those companies and we were not only, you know, coding American Metalcrafts products, but we were also coding for other fabricators, which we still do today. And again, going back to that recession, 07, 08 timeframe, things weren't getting better really quickly. So in 2010, uh, we saw the opportunity to combine facilities. And, you know, at the time we were just kind of thinking about, hey, this is going to be a great way to save money. We're not paying, you know, two, two mortgages and we've got two utility bills, et cetera, et cetera. But it really, what, what it did was it created everything under one roof so that it, it gave our customer savings so that they weren't paying that extra, you know, shipping between two facilities. It also lowered our carbon footprint. Mm. So now, you know, you've got less trucks on the road, you've got everything in house and you're controlling the quality of everything from start to finish. So now we have engineering, fabrication and finishing all under one roof. Now, a question I get asked quite a bit is how did I get into metal manufacturing? We've talked about where I've been, right? which doesn't seem like it matches up very much with where I am, but you know, it is a funny story and, and it wound up being a, a pretty incredible journey. Um, my husband and I got married in 99 and, you know, they, he and my father-in-law would pull me in for projects. Occasionally they would say, Hey, can you do a flyer? Can you help us with this advertisement in this magazine? What, what, whatever. Can you help and us close so, the deal, Holly, help us close. Right. The deal. Yes. The <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so I would just kind of do those things periodically for them. And slowly it really piqued my curiosity. You know, I remember when my, when people would ask me, what does my husband do? It was a difficult thing for me to answer because I really didn't understand the business that much mm. initially. So I really enjoyed learning about the business. And the more I did these small projects for them, the more curious I became. And eventually I started getting more and more involved and they pulled me into a full-time position. And through that, I started learning from, we've, we're very fortunate to have long-term team members with us. Wonderful, wonderful group mm -hmm. of folks, um, great team. And so some of those really helped me and took me under their wing, taught me a lot about the business from the ground up. And um, I continued to move up into upper leadership. And then in 2017, I purchased American Metalcraft from my family, created a business plan, a pretty aggressive business plan, and really started to grow our presence even further. And then in last year, fourth quarter, I purchased Finishing Dynamics. And so I'm really excited to be a permanent part of both of the companies and their history. All right. So there's so much to dive into there. I want to go back for a second before we celebrate 
your big moves, right? Now that you own these companies, I love that. Uh, that's, that's plenty to celebrate. But going back, I love Allison. Uh, what Holly said, basically, she went to the Gimba, right? Gimba being the, uh, the term where value is created, which usually refers to you know, what the workforce is doing on the production floor to create the value in the products, whatever it is. I love how you talked. That's what you did. You went to the pros. You went to the experts. You went to the competitive advantages of the business, which is the the humans and 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 the talents. So I love that, Allison. Your quick take there. Yeah, no, and I I love the idea that and we are a manufacturer in in parts, and we don't have a processing line, let alone a processing company. <laughs> and I love the idea of like like Holly said, not only are you minimizing your carbon footprint, but Ultimately, in my head as a business owner, I'm thinking, holy cow, you've just taken off so much, so much risk right. by having to ship things. All kinds of stuff happens in transit. We've all been there, done that. Oh, yeah. You know, but I, I, I love the idea of uh, taking on something that you're just checking one more box on risk mitigation. Mm. And that makes a customer very happy knowing that everything's under one roof. I love that. Excellent yeah. point. I'm with you. Uh, to the next part here to become the owner, right? And to become the, the, the CEO, the one that calls the shots, makes the decisions. You know, what a big move and what it's got to be. Tell us how fulfilling, rewarding, you know, you may jump out of bed each day is kind of what I'm gathering. How did that make you feel? You know, it was, I have to be really honest, it was scary and exciting all at the same time. It, you know, I never in a million years ever saw myself in this type of leadership role, but, you know, the last 10 years of my life, especially in moving from, you know, small roles in the company to larger and larger roles gave me the training ground to do what I'm doing today. And the team that we have in place for both companies has just been so instrumental in that as well. Knowing that I've got a team that I can trust that I can empower with, you know, everything that they need to do their job. And they're already so talented and bring so much to the table. That being, you know, initially scared at first, really was overcome by excitement once I, you know, was ready to step into those those roles as a mm. CEO of both companies. And so I've really enjoyed um, being an ambassador for our brands. I love going out and telling people about what we do. Of course, I love to brag on our team. And, you know, talk to architects, designers, people in the AEC industry and people that aren't connected to the built environment. You know, they metal manufacturing is something that you don't hear about every day necessarily. And so it's a, it's a great icebreaker to, you know, <laughs> hey, what do you do? Well, I'm in metal manufacturing. <laughs> what? You know, that could be aluminum cans. That could be a number of things. And right. so, and, you know, that also opens the door to, to have great conversations with others about what they do. Sometimes they're in the manufacturing world. Sometimes they're in the construction world you know, whatever sector, it's always a great learning opportunity. But as, as, as the president of both companies, that's one of my favorite things is to be a, a brand ambassador and uh, being able to teach and educate others in uh, what we offer. Love that. I, I would, you know, so you have, you already kind of answered one of our next questions, your you know, favorite aspect of your role. I would also add, since you've answered that one, it seems to me, and correct me if I'm wrong, of course, uh, I know you will. It seems like you enjoy also being an ambassador for industry, right? Uh, both of you, I think Holly, you and Allison have this in common. You know, it's not just about your company. It's not just about your family. It's not just about your team. It's about the greater good. And both of y'all are very active in 
and, and being that ambassador for manufacturing and what I'd call greater industry. So Allison, Holly, speak to that for a second, if you would. Sure. Yeah, you're exactly right. I mean, there's such a great opportunity in the AEC space and in the manufacturing world. Um, and there's, even though we've got programs like STEM and STEAM out there in the, the schools, I think the trades for the last 20 or 30 years have kind of been on the decline. Everybody mm -hmm. was going to college. No one was really looking at the, the opportunities that lie within these spaces. And so I really love being able to talk to, especially young people that maybe not have not been exposed to that, talk to them about the opportunities that exist. And there's a huge need for manufacturing, um, especially within our own country. You know, we're looking at all the things happening in the world. And, and so, you know, there's great career opportunities and great innovation opportunities for those that are interested in, in learning more. Absolutely. Agreed. Agreed. Allison, why don't you respond? Any, any thoughts there? And then we're going to see what else uh, Holly right. is tracking across the industry. I love it. No, that's I, I love how Holly and I always seem to be running in the same circles too. She's right that the trades have been on seemingly on the decline when in actuality, the demand is, is so sky high that, mm. I mean, I know that if someone, if Holly had, and Holly, you can stop me if I'm totally off here, but if she had somebody walk into her facility right now with the background of metal manufacturing, and if that person were to say, hey, I'm looking for a job, Holly would say, can you start yesterday? Yeah. <laughs> because I, I know that that's what we would say. So, yeah. I mean, you're exactly right. So many, so many uh, spots and roles and, and needs that people can fill. And I mean, if Holly, from what I've seen and myself and, and people that Holly and I are all running again, running in the same circles with, we are trying desperately to showcase this industry as a fantastic place to be. I mean, you heard from Holly, you, you, she can have an, are you know, art background? You can, heck, I've got a criminal justice background. You can do any, you can have any sort of background and come into this in, industry and hit the ground running right. with and creative, creative problem solving. And Allison, yep. add to what you're, what you're saying there, not just hit the ground running and be successful, but, but like both of y'all become presidents and leaders of your organizations. That is uh, inspiring. And, and I love, I love how both of y'all have spoken to that. So Holly, when you think of the greater, I'll call it, you know, the greater manufacturing industry, or if you want to talk more to global business or you name it, but what's a, a couple of uh, items, news, developments, topics, you name it, that you're tracking more than others right now? Sure. Well, you know, we're all aware of the, the supply chain issues. So that's something that we're definitely paying attention to and something that's impacting us pretty readily every day. Excuse me. Is that hey, a pollen uh, or spring pollen, in Georgia? That's yes, what you're illustrating. Absolutely is. Oh my goodness. The cars are going to be yellow here any second, but right. yeah. Um, so yeah, you know, we're keeping our eye on that. We're looking at uh, escalation costs across every supply that we mm. work with and trying to figure out ways to mitigate that. Also lead times on things that we're used to getting seven to 10 days are getting longer and longer. So, you know, it's pushed us into new technology and innovation, kind of like we were talking about earlier. We now have a state-of-the-art mix and match system. We've always had mix and match capabilities, but this is the latest and greatest, and it's going to allow us to blend more in-house paint, 
rather than waiting on a manufacturer to deliver that to us. And we can match up to 80% of solid colors in-house, which will mm. really cut down on that lead time. Mm. We also are looking at um, a second product that in addition to offering PVDF coating, we'll be offering FEVE, which has been around for a while, but it's a coating that's readily available. It has very similar properties as PVDF resin, which is the thing that's kind of in short supply right now. So it gives architects, specifiers, GCs an, an alternative. So if the lead time on what was specified, say PVDF is 12 weeks, now they've got an alternative to that that can you know be ready in seven to 10 days. So this whole supply chain thing has really, it's it's been difficult. It's absolutely been challenging across the board, but new technology and innovation have really come from it, which we're really excited about. We're also really watching- Really quick, Holly, if I, can, sure. if I can interject just for a second. I think that's, you know, that is certainly, and Allison, we've talked about it. I like, I like talking about it, frankly, because there's plenty of bad news out there and, and challenge after challenge, some of it more heartbreaking than others that we can, that gets our attention. But some of the good news is that great point Holly just made is that the pandemic and other things that we've been faced with in recent years, companies like Holly's that take them, take the opportunity to, okay, what can we do differently? What can we innovate? What products can we, what options can we create for our customers in the market? <clears throat> you know, those are the organizations I believe that have made the most of the, of the opportunity that is out there, despite the most challenging set of circumstances. And some of these things aren't, frankly, they're not going to be solved overnight, not going to be solved maybe even this year, next year. Uh, but Holly, that, that, that is an inspiring leadership. Allison, your quick take before Holly moves forward with her next um, topic. I think it's a throwback to what Holly said earlier with the success can, can be anywhere in whatever kind of conditions. I mean, if you set yourself up for prepping, like I said, again, with the risk management, right? right, uh, right. You're bringing things in house that you don't have to rely on other people for. That's how you make it so that success exists wherever yes. you need it to exist. Strengthening and and what I, we're just talking about, uh, you know, that word resilience, Holly and Allison's everywhere these days. So right. we've kind of, we've embraced this word anti-fragility because it's a little bit funny and, and really yeah. you don't hear that. We don't, you know, we don't, that, that really is what resilience is all about, right? Because we're all Absolutely. fragile to a certain extent, but Holly inspiring. I love how you're not sitting on laurels and sitting on your hands, despite some of the reasons that uh, the market maybe is encouraging us to do that. You're taking the bull by the horns and driving ahead. So you were about to share before I, I, I cut in your neck. What else are you tracking across the industry? Well, you know, in addition to the, the supply chain shortages, we're also looking at, of course, you know, gas prices. What What is freight going to do? How is that going to impact lead times that are already you know, fairly challenging. And so we're definitely tracking that, watching that really closely, putting our heads together to see what solutions we can come up to try to mitigate that. And, you know, something just to touch on what we're going back to the supply chain is uh, what we've, we've always known that communication is key for any successful project, but especially in the times that we're living in now, making sure that if there's somebody that thinks that they're going to need 
rain screens, wall panels, perforated panels, ornamental metal, any type of, you know, aluminum product from us with a coating of particular color that we're having those conversations as early in advance as possible to make sure that everybody is on the same page in terms of delivery schedules, lead times and material availability. Mm. So in this, in this world, especially communication is the king. Agreed. It's, it's the whole Royal family. King, Queen, <laughs> Jack, Ace, that matter. And, you know, one additional point there, and Allison, I welcome your, your thoughts here, is you know, no one likes to communicate bad news, but that is just as vital, if not more vital, so that folks can plan and come up with, with uh, options and, and, and back up to the backup to the backup plan. So that communication, to your point, has uh, it's always been important, but man, during getting through these times, it's a premium. Allison, any thoughts? No, you're absolutely right. There's a, there's that unknown is a scary thing. And so when you're not communicating with the customer or when you're not getting communication from a vendor or supplier, you tend to think the worst and then you get frustrated. And then that comes out in, you know, uh, pithy, not nice emails or phone calls. (laughs) It's, uh, you know, yeah, it's so easy to communicate even if as tough as sometimes bad news is to communicate, it's so much easier to say to a customer, Hey, I'm working on procuring material for X, Y, Z. Just wanted you to know, I don't have a date for you. Right. The fact yeah. that you said that will go yep. a long way. Agreed. Hey, really quick memory. Mathema, one of our dear family members, I'll call it listeners. She's on our live streams a lot. She said something earlier today. And I I think I'm gonna get this right. Memory, don't kill me if I don't. But she said, an informed customer makes informed decisions. Yes. And really, it's just that that. simple, right? So memory, if you're listening, thank you for being a part of that and and love the t-shirt isms you drop in our conversations. Okay. So Allison, where are we going next with Holly? Let's talk about, I mean, as we talk about these, the communication challenges and supply chain challenges and everything in between. Um, Holly, what what can you share with us that was a key eureka moment, either during the pandemic era or maybe it's during these latter times and supply chain shortages or or what? Is there something in the past couple of years that's just really struck you? You know, it, it wasn't necessarily a eureka moment, but the pandemic really made me laser focus in on the fact that it is so critical to have the right people in the right positions. When the chips are down and when all of a sudden you've got to move your whole front office remote, you've got to look at production differently in a very short period of time. Having those key people to make great decisions on your company's behalf is so, so critical. And so that is why we are so grateful for our team and try to work with them and and love on them as as much as we possibly can to tell them that they're appreciated and and loved because they've really they've pivoted and and have really been able to to reinvent the wheel when things have been up and then down and then up and then down Mm. as they are in life but you know during the pandemic specifically a eureka moment i guess i had was that i just kind of took normal life for granted i never thought about going to the gym and going to a restaurant as, as privileges necessarily. And, and to have that on hold for almost two years as the world was going crazy with, with the whole COVID thing, 
it really made me stop and count my blessings and mm. be really, really thankful for the opportunity to go visit with family and friends. And so it really gave me a new appreciation for the small things. Mm. Well said, because uh, as often as takes place in life, the small things become the big things before we know it, uh, right? Especially looking back. Beautifully said there, Holly. So speaking of really cool things, really cool things, I got to give. Uh, so Allison, I don't know how, and Holly, maybe you too. I don't know how y'all get any sleep at night. Maybe y'all got some clones working we around. Do all <laughs> no, yeah, we really uh, don't. Yeah, we just don't. <laughs> It's remarkable. It really is because uh, both of y'all not only run your companies, but you you uh, give back and do so much for industry. So Allison, I might get the story wrong, but I believe you founded this initiative called AMVI. And it's such a cool, give forward, do good, be the change type of uh, initiative. Tell us what that is because Holly's involved too. Um, tell us what that is and why you did it, and, and then we'll find out what Holly's doing. Sure. So, yes, the AMVI is the Advanced Manufacturing Virtual Internship. Um, just some cool buzzwords, throw them together, and <laughs> hope it sticks. No, um, it, it was kind of, it was the answer to uh, a COVID obstacle, which we were supposed to bring on a couple of interns in April 2020. And, of course, as we all know what was happening then. So rather than cancel on this particular teacher who we've got a great relationship with here at Wintech, um, I knew I couldn't say no to him. So I was like, all right, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? So we came up with a virtual version and the virtual version, I think it, in my opinion, at least has, has far surpassed anything that we could have individually provided students mm -hmm. valuable um, resources and people and knowledge and exposure to industry. And the whole point of the program, it's a, it's a four-week program. It's all virtual for an hour a day for high school juniors and seniors. We do it in the summer and it's open to anybody. It's a free program because it's all volunteer run. If you go to advancedmanufacturingvirtualinternship.com, you can find more info and how to apply for the summer. Um, but basically every day is a little bit of a different topic revolving around manufacturing. Mm -hmm. And the idea is to bring on subject matter experts like Holly who can speak to what they do and their little, their niche in the industry and get kids excited. And, and if you can't be what you can't see, then these kids don't know that these things are out there. And to see young adults light up when people are talking about, you know, these crosses of, of here's the art world that intersects with science, which intersects with architecture, which intersects with manufacturing. And you see these kids like, I like all those things that would be cool to do. Right. That's the name of the game. So fortunately, Holly has been with us since the, the first one, which was 2020. Then we did another one in 2021. Then we've got another one coming up and she's agreed to stick it around. And we even evolved a piece of the program with the neurodiverse community at one point. And we partnered with a friend of mine, Megan Timko, to come up with an AMVI for those that identify as neurodiverse so folks that are maybe on the autism spectrum. Um, and, and that was a, that was a terrific experience because those kids really hung. I say kids, those young adults, everybody's a kid. If they're younger than me, <laughs> those young adults really honed in on some really cool pieces of the industry. You know, industry is having workforce development issues. Okay. Well, if the neurodiverse population is having trouble finding jobs, why don't we have them? It's like, it's like the two guys on the corner, one guy's selling tickets to the Falcons game and the other guy wants to buy them. And it's like, Steve, meet Bill, Bill, meet Steve. Right. It's yeah. that same idea. 
<laughs> right. Allison, there's so many aspects of, of what you've developed and built here that I just love. But Holly, let's hear from you. you you've been a participant since the beginning. You've taken time, donated time, and met the students involved that uh, you're impacting. You know, follow up on what Allison just shared about what AMVI is and talk about your experience with it. Absolutely. Well, I was thrilled when Allison asked me to, to be a part of it. You know, it's part of my, my mission is to get out there and spread the word, as we talked about earlier, about all the opportunities available in the manufacturing space in particular. And so I just loved, I loved listening to the other speakers. I had an opportunity to kind of meet some of them. We had a few pre-meetings before the actual internship started, and that was a great way to get to know people. Uh, there was, I think, uh, one guy was from the UK, right, Allison? So, yeah. you know, with the, yeah, with, with the advent of Zoom and with everybody using it, I got to chat and connect with somebody that otherwise I never would have met. And I also, it was really fun at the end of the internship, the students did projects to share with the group. And so some of the presenters acted as judges and we were able to see visually and, and, you know, their ideas and what they got out of the whole program. And that was really wonderful. Uh, Lots of great ideas, lots of creativity. I was really inspired by the kids and they got me excited about seeing what the next generation brings forth in the manufacturing space. Agreed. Some of the brightest minds, some of the best questions. Allison, and you know, Scott, ahead, you, you failed to mention that you were also on the AMVI and you continue <laughs> to be on the AMVI. So, true. That um, is true. We are. I am very, very grateful to you both for being a part of that program because it, again, it exposes these types of things to these students. It gets them excited. They can see themselves in people like the both of you. And that's what's really important is they have to be able to see themselves mm. in the folks that are saying, hey, look what I can do. Mm. Yeah. Well said. Absolutely agree. It's our honor. To, to help support, be a part of it. And really, you know, look, we win, right? All three of us are sitting here. We're winning because of the idea. You know, anytime you learn what I call the now generation is thinking, what interests them and what, what questions they have makes us better, right? More informed, going back to that word we used a minute ago. Um, Allison, really quick, what is that URL? Again, we'll, we'll include that in the show notes. What's the URL? It is advancedmanufacturingvirtualinternship.com. It's a mouthful. It makes perfect sense. So it is right? exactly what you described. So yep. we look forward to the next round of 2022 round folks. Check that out. If you want to get involved, uh, I'm sure Allison, uh, y'all wouldn't turn down resources or additional speakers or you name it. So let's invest in uh, that this now generation and help as Allison, as you put it, uh, see it so they can be it. So speaking of our bright students, uh, I'll tell you, it's, it's amazing. You know, watching my three kids, you get a little older and, seeing what they're capable of and, and what I was doing. I think back of their ages puts me to shame. I mean, they're, they're just so connected and informed and uh, capable. So on that note, Holly, mm-hmm. imagine like you're envisioning on the front end of this interview, as you're thinking about the rings, imagine the Ritz Carlton. I'm not sure if it's, still, I think it's still around. I think they closed one in Atlanta, I believe, but or better yet, the Waldorf, Astoria, right? Oh, I think that's yeah. still a big nice. thing, right? Yeah. So up in New York, imagine you're at their biggest conference room and there's a thousand young people, students, maybe even early professionals, and they're on the edge of their chair. You're the keynote and all of them have the same yearning to break into industry and promote, just like both of y'all, get up into ownership, 
C-suite, you name it. And they're coming to you for a golden piece of advice. What would that be, Holly? Well, first of all, I'm nervous because I'm at the Waldorf Astoria now in my head. So I'm like, ah, yikes, stage fright. No, you know, I really do think the the best way to kind of map out your, your career path, if you're thinking about manufacturing as an option, is get involved in networking groups. I can't tell you how instrumental that is in learning. There's so many different sectors of manufacturing that may or may not be a good fit. And so get involved with an organization like Women in Manufacturing or the National Association of Manufacturers. If there's a young professionals group that is, you know, part of a, a STEM program or, you know, kind of involves students that are interested in that, get involved in those and make connections. If you can go to an even one networking meeting and talk to somebody that works in the manufacturing space and gives you some real world insight into what actually happens on a day-to-day basis in that sector, you're going to really take that knowledge and, and make an informed decision on your next step and where you want to go. I think that's definitely key. Also, if you can join an organization that maybe offers plant tours, um, mm. Georgia Manufacturing Alliance, Women in Manufacturing also offer those. So you can go to all different types of manufacturing plants and see all their different processes, see what their output is, see what their culture is like, and really get a a broad understanding of what's available out there. So it's never too early to start that process. So that would be something that I would absolutely recommend before, you know, even before college, junior, senior in high school, go explore that and, Mm. and get a real world taste of what's out there. I would also say, you know, be creative in your thinking, when you're looking at manufacturing, be in love with and be fascinated by learning the process because there may be something that you bring to the table that that manufacturer has been looking for, a, a way to improve you know, their process or a way right. to do something slightly differently or more efficiently. So keep that creative mind going. Look for opportunities to add to the way we've always done it, quote unquote. You know, I would say stay curious. Curiosity, especially in manufacturing, has, you know, been integral in creating and and inventing the next step in manufacturing. So definitely stay curious and go the extra mile. If you get an entry level job in a manufacturing space that you're interested in, take on the extra task, ask questions, talk to your upper management, talk Mm. to the leaders that have been there four or five years and understand, you know, what's next. And I think showing that type of, uh, and I don't even know if people say this word anymore, gumption, (laughs) showing that type of gumption and and go-gettedness, I think really will help move you up to those next levels. And, you know, it's not critical that you have a college education. It's not critical that you went to the highest, most expensive school in the world. If you show that you've got perseverance, drive, and creativity, you can move your way up and and become a, a C-suite level career executive. I love that. Deeds, not words. Uh, I'll just add to that, uh, which is a great list. You know, if you take these opportunities like the AMVI we're talking about a moment ago, or, or some of the other things y'all both have, have, have mentioned, the service opportunities, right, where you can develop your volunteer leadership skills, you know, that certainly raises your esteem within your industry. It also allows you to connect with folks while you're doing uh, doing good work. Uh, and make an impact. So excellent list there. Allison, I'd love for you to 
kind of respond to any of those things. And then we're going to make sure folks know how to connect with both of y'all. Well, that's a great list. I especially like that be curious part too, because there's an overlap there with taking initiative. And that's what employers want to see, no matter what industry you're in. If you're right. willing to, to jump into that, then it makes you a very attractive employee and it gives you all sorts of, of uh, job assurance. Agreed. And that's, that's yes, a good thing. Agreed. That is a good thing. Uh, job assurance is a good thing. Um, okay. So really have enjoyed this getting acquainted, reacquainted rather with Holly Gottfordson. Fascinating. The journey just keeps getting better. You know, the, the, the finishing dynamic piece, it sounds like if I had that time frame right, happened the final quarter of last year. Is that right? Did I get that right? That's right. Uh-huh. That is awesome. That's so awesome. Congratulations. Yeah. Thank seriously. you. Hopefully Thank y'all, you. hopefully y'all could call time out for a minute at least and, and yeah. celebrate these, these big milestones. Yes, absolutely. So how can folks connect with you, Holly, and or, or learn mo- more about your organizations? How would you suggest that? Sure. Well, you can definitely go to both our websites, AmericanMetalCraft.com and FinishingDynamics.com. You can reach out to me by email. Email is Holly at AmericanMetalCraft.com. I'm also pretty active on LinkedIn. So find my profile, send me a connection request. I'd, I'd love to connect with you and uh, learn more about you know what you do and, and maybe how we can work together. So yeah, those are some great ways to, to get in touch with me. It's just that easy. And of course, we'll have links to a lot of that in the show notes. So folks, you're one click away from connecting with Holly and her organizations. Same question for you, Allison. How can they connect with you and, and all the cool things you're up to? Definitely find me on LinkedIn. That's the best way to reach me and pretty active there. So would love to connect. Yes, I in particular have come to really enjoy your book reviews, Allison. Oh, same. I love those. Yes. In fact, you know, Amanda, I don't think she'll kill me. I try to keep her private life private, but she has been on this March, this reading March. I think she's read something like 25 books in the last few months. Wow, so nice. we're going to have to get her to uh, offer Heck up some yeah. reviews Heck on yeah. these, but uh, keep that good stuff coming, Allison, because some of us have a hard time getting through the first chapter of even the bestseller out there. Well, uh, I, but, you know, and what I've told everybody is if you completely change the way that you expect yourself to read books, everything's good. Don't expect to read every word. Don't hang up on yourself. If you don't like this chapter, then keep, keep moving, keep moving. If you get the gist, it's so much better than not reading it at all. That is yes. an excellent point. All right. So as much as I hate to, we got to call that uh, a conversation at this point. Big thanks again to Holly Gottfriedson, president and owner of both American Middlecraft and Finishing Dynamics LLC. Holly, thanks so much for your time. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. We'll do it again. Let's not let it go so long. Next time, we'll, we need to check in for all the moving and shaking you're doing. We're going to have to check back in on you maybe before the end of the year. Who knows? Maybe she'll have a third company that she owns by then. <laughs> I'll tell you what, uh, but Holly, thanks for your time, kidding aside, and congrats on all the growth and success. Thank you. You bet. And then, of course, Allison, really enjoy these conversations we have. You bring the best guests uh, to supply chain now. I think we've got a couple a couple big ones teed up. We probably shouldn't let the cat out of the bag, but we've got a couple big ones teed up. And, and you know, we didn't talk about Allison, Step Award, well-received recognition from the, the Manufacturing Institute, right, Allison? Yes, you got it. Thank you. Okay. Yeah. Wow, congratulations. Big news. That's right, Uh, Allison. uh, So look forward to those future episodes. And how can folks, oh, wait a sec. I've already, 
we've already got your information out there. Connect with Allison on LinkedIn, where you can check out book reviews and a lot more. But folks, uh, thank you to Allison Giddens. Thank you to Holly Gottfordson. Uh, if you like conversations like this, find us at Supply Chain Now or wherever you get your podcast from. But most importantly, folks, be like Allison and Holly. I think I got that right. Hey, do good. Give forward. Be the change that's needed. On that note, next time right back here at Supply Chain Now. Thanks, everybody. Thanks for being a part of our Supply Chain Now community. Check out all of our programming at SupplyChainNow.com and make sure you subscribe to Supply Chain Now anywhere you listen to podcasts and follow us on Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, and Instagram. See you next time on Supply Chain Now. Supply Chain Now.